podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria Tellez interviews Colin McCullough, the author of the Healthy Vegan Cookbook and Smoothies That Taste Like Girl Scout Cookies, your favorite cookie flavors using healthy, whole food ingredients. Since Colin became vegan in 1995, he has been finding new ways to make healthy eating convenient and delicious, especially while raising two boys with healthy appetites. Colin's book, The Healthy Vegan Cookbook, was released in 2019. It is a system of making healthy and nutritious meals that taste too good to feel like a sacrifice. From nutritious breakfast smoothies that taste like dessert, fresh soups and salads for lunch, to delicious sauces that transform meals, these recipes will have everyone asking for seconds. Colin teaches private and public cooking classes throughout New England, sharing his experience and recipes with people who want to incorporate more whole food, plant-based meals for health, compassion, and the environment. Meet Colin on colincooksvegan.com. Here is the interview with Colin McCullough. In your own words, who is Colin McCullough? Oh, well, let's see. I do, uh, I've been vegan for about 25 years. So that's really a big part of who I am and what I do. I teach a lot of cooking, healthy cooking classes around New England and lately uh, mostly online. <laughs> My follow-up question is being a vegan. So the question is why and how did you choose to become a vegan and also a vegan author? Right. Uh, about 25 years ago, I went to college a long time ago and uh, there it was a large international community there. And so the the cafeteria was mostly vegetarian. So I had an opportunity to eat really well, eat vegetarian for a year. And really, after that, the more that I read about it, uh, you know, the more informed I became about it, then I really felt like in order for me to be uh, consistent, you know, with caring about uh, animal welfare and also health, then uh, it really made sense for me to try being vegan. Uh, you know, I had read several books that uh, basically just said, you know, try it for 30 days. If you don't, you know, feel a thousand percent better, then, uh, you know, do what you want. But, uh, you know, I, I really did feel such an improvement in health and just felt so much better overall. So another question for you is the difference between being a vegetarian, a plant-based 
and vegan. I think you have another word you call whole food. So what's the difference between being a in a vegetarian diet, a whole food, plant-based, and vegan? Are they all different? Uh, somewhat, yeah. There's nuances. So um, vegetarian is just uh, not having any meat products. And vegan would be not having any animal products at all. So no meat and no dairy. But as you said, it's also a lifestyle choice, you know, so that you're not using any animal products in terms of what you wear and, uh, you know, things like that, which you use in your life or trying to minimize it as much as possible. Uh, the terms whole food and plant-based have are kind of newer to the scene, I suppose, uh, more from a health standpoint, uh, whereas vegan is more of a, a lifestyle choice. Uh, whole food, plant-based is really uh, the way that I see it is really more, you know, based on uh, a health health perspective. So sometimes people will say, you know, vegan defines what what you don't eat and what you don't wear and, and purchase, whereas whole food plant based is really more about what you do eat and consume. Yes. So one is more health oriented and being a vegan, it's more I love the word to use, a lifestyle choice. So it is a choice we make from what I understand, which I'll be asking you questions about to live a life that's more compassionate. That's true. Yeah. Talk to me about this component of compassion, Colin, behind veganism. Well, you know, not uh, not eating any animals, uh, you know, especially when I was vegetarian uh, and I was I had initially become vegetarian more for animal reasons of, uh, you know, feeling like I can eat really well uh, as a vegetarian and not have animals have to die just so that I can eat. You know, I can be perfectly healthy without eating any meat. But, you know, I, I found as a vegetarian that, uh, you know, the more that I learned about the, the dairy industry that, you know, it's so connected to the meat industry that, you know, even if I'm not eating meat anymore, uh, then, you know, still the uh, cows are, are always continuously having to be pregnant in order to produce the milk. And, you know, so that even if I am trying to reduce, you know, how much harm is done still as a vegan, I really have felt like, you know, it's, it's much more complete that way. I know you made a decision a long time ago, but this was something that was already in you, disposition to be compassionate toward animals and all beings for that sake. Well, I didn't grow up vegetarian. Um, you know, my, my parents didn't make vegetarian uh, meals or anything uh, when I was growing up. But, you know, I guess it just felt like, you know, once I realized that I had that choice um, so that, again, like so animals don't have to die in order for me to eat. And, um, you know, it just felt like the compassionate choice of, you know, like, you know, for me, why would I? You know, if I have that choice and I can eat perfectly healthy and, you know, and have really good food uh, without having to have any animals be killed for it, why would I not do that? Are you religious or spiritual in any way? Not really. I wouldn't say so. You know, not in the, the usual way that I suppose that it's ascribed. But uh, I have I do have two boys that are now 18 and 21 and they have always been vegan. So, you know, I've. I've felt like with them growing up, you know, they have really become, you know, well, I guess they've always been, you know, very compassionate people, you know, even when, when they were younger. And, you know, veganism, I think, was really a, a huge part of that. And, uh, you know, understanding right kind of from the beginning 
you know, that you don't need to cause suffering in the world to, to be able to be healthy and, and eat really well. Such an important message for all of us. Did they ask, were they your kids ever curious about eating meat? Oh, sure. Yeah. They were? <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you deal with that? What did you tell them? Oh, most of their friends are not uh, vegan or vegetarian. And so they've sort of grown up, you know, just kind of being in the mix of, of everybody else. Um, you know, whether it's their friends or, you know, scouts or church or something like that. So it's always been been my rule that, you know, at, at home, you know, I'm doing the cooking, I buy the food. So, you know, they sort of have to eat <laughs> what I make. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if they if if they decided to buy anything with their own money, they just don't bring it in the house. Uh, so I've never had a, a rule as a parent for them that they had to be vegan. It's just sort of by default. But, you know, I've said if you have some money and you go out and you want to try something, then, you know, really it's up to you. It's, it's your choice. Did they ever try to eat meat? Uh, there have been times that they've tried uh, things and it's mostly been dairy. Uh, if they're at their friend's house and they'll tell me, uh, especially when they were younger, they did this, you know, that occasionally they'd come home and they, you know, be really sheepish and embarrassed. And they say, Dad, I've tried cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was always really curious because I grew up eating meat and dairy. So, you know, I'm curious as a parent, like, what is it like for you to have tried cheese for the first time? And, you know, usually they would say, you know, it's really not that much different from, you know, the vegan versions of, of whatever they've had before. And, uh, you know, you know, for most things, they would just say, I don't understand what's the big deal. It's really pretty much the same thing as, as what I'm used to having. So, And that's what so many of us don't understand, that we can make food, um, vegetarian or vegan dishes to, to taste really good. I mean, to me, it's naturally just amazing to taste. We don't need to do much to it even. I know you are the artist of making amazing vegan foods, but wow, and I find it to be very artistic too, creative. Yes. Cooking with vegetables, right, Colin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask you one of my um, warm-up questions, uh, the big questions. What do you think or feel is the purpose of the human experience? Uh, to help other people. It's very clear to you, right? Yes, yeah. How wonderful. You're really fast to answer that question. And <laughs> the meaning of freedom, what is to be free? It's hard for me to answer that question because, you know, there's so many things in my life that have been a direction from the circumstances of where I was born or how I grew up. And, you know, you think that you have uh, a f- freedom in that way, but, you know, so much is dictated by your experiences that you've had. So true. Yeah, they call programming and conditionings, right? I've, you know, for, for example, I guess with that, um, you know, for where I used to live in Massachusetts, uh, there was a story uh, with my kids' grandparents, great-grandparents. Uh, you know, they had come from, um, you know, many generations ago, they had come from, uh, they were French-Canadian, and they just decided to, you know, seek a better life. They came from Canada down into America. They were on a train, and you know, at the, each stop on the train, then, uh, you know, employers from the mills would, would come on the train and say, you know, we need workers here. If you're interested, you know, please come off here. And so that's why 
you know, when we say we're from where they grew up in uh, central Massachusetts, that's why they're in central Massachusetts, because generations ago, somebody was on a train and decided to get off in central Massachusetts. You know, it's it's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing the stories that of how we came to be where we are sometimes. What do you think is the world's greatest need at this time? You know, one thing that I I really try to focus on is health. You know, that's always been a big part of where I've come from. And, you know, to see how much disease there is and, you know, how much how much richer people's lives could be if they had more health and not just more time in their lives, but you know, to be able to be healthier for longer in their lives. Uh, you know, that's always something that I've really felt very important about. Do you see a better future for us after these challenges we are having? I think so. I certainly think it's going to be a much more conscious and aware lifestyle moving forward. Or at least I hope so. How did you become a writer? Well, I actually took, I went on a cruise, a vegan cruise, and, uh, it, that actually does exist. Uh, <laughs> about <laughs> that's great. <laughs> about six years yeah. ago, and uh, that's actually out of Florida. And on the cruise, it was really, really a series of workshops, and they had a lot of cooking classes. And I really felt inspired after doing that to come back to you know where I live in New England, and be able to help other people and and teach cooking classes you know, as having been a vegan for a long time and, you know, having two boys who were raised vegan, there's been a lot that I've learned over the years, you know, definitely lots of tricks and tips that I wanted to be able to help other people with that. And so I started teaching the cooking classes and pretty soon afterwards, people were asking me, you know, do you have a cookbook I would teach in the class? I would teach three or four different recipes and people would say, you know, that's great start, but, you know, do you have a book, do you have, you know, resources? And, you know, one thing that I found in, in the way that I cook as a vegan, I really couldn't find cookbooks that really matched exactly how it is that I cook. And, uh, you know, the the lifestyle that, that I have around food and my kids have around food, you know, with convenience and, and eating well, um, I really just didn't see anything on the market that was how I do it. So, you know, I I sort of was left in a position to, well, I think I have to write it myself. So you have two books. The first one is The Healthy Vegan Cookbook. And the second, it's the most recent one you just released, is Smoothies That Can Taste Like Girl Scout Cookies. Correct, yeah. Yeah, so your cookbook is a system for preparing whole food, unprocessed meals faster and more convenient so talk to me for a moment about the system. That's interesting that you use that word. Sure. Well, there's a few things that I focus on in the cookbook specifically. Um, you know, I, I do cover all the different meals and desserts and everything. But one of the things that I have been doing sort of differently than, than standard, I suppose, is I usually have smoothies for breakfast. So I really like to be able to have, uh, you know, three, four, you know, servings of fruit and vegetables uh, to start the day. But, you know, instead of just kind of throwing some almond milk and different fruit into a blender, then, you know, over the years, I developed a number of recipes of smoothies that taste like dessert. 
especially for someone like me, I kind of have a sweet tooth. So, you know, I can have something like uh, my favorite go-to smoothie is the uh, Black Forest smoothie, which is chocolate cherry. And, you know, for me to have something that tastes like chocolate and cherry for breakfast, and it gives me lots of energy, I feel great, you know, throughout the morning, then that's fantastic. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to eat cereal for breakfast. It's so boring <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, you know, smoothies <laughs> for breakfast. Also, as far as, as uh, you know, dinner goes, I usually have some kind of a bowl meal for dinner. So, you know, I'll have, uh, you know, some kind of grain like uh, brown rice or quinoa, you know, have some fresh vegetables, have some kind of a protein like tofu or beans or something. And, you know, especially like my kids would say, well, you know, that's all healthy, but it's like kind of boring and it doesn't have much of a taste. But, you know, over the years, I've I've written a number of recipes for different sauces. So really, you know, how I, people ask me, you know, how do I get my kids to eat kale uh, and ask for seconds? Mm -hmm. And it's the sauce, you know, it always has been the sauce for me. So a system of you know, I have 30 different smoothie recipes. I have 30 different sauce recipes. We really talk about, you know, making sauces in uh, batches and, you know, freezing those. So, you know, when my kids were younger, especially if I'd come home, you know, from work and I'd have, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to be able to uh, get my kids something healthy to eat that they're going to want to eat, that they really enjoy, and then, you know, get them off to karate class. I have, you know, 15 minutes to do that. Uh, you know, having a system in place where it's planned, I have everything frozen that I need, you know, I can have all that ready to go in 15 minutes and, and be out the door and have the convenience of that. So does it remain fresh, Colin, when we freeze foods? I mean, somewhat fresh? Yes. Yeah. I do a lot of, uh, I freeze a lot of uh, different sauces, you know, I'll put those in mason jars. Uh, you know, there's a number of things that uh, sometimes I'll put sauces in uh, ice cube trays, the silicone uh, ice cube trays. And then once that's frozen, I'll, I'll put them in a Ziploc bag so I can just pull the cubes out, heat it up, and I'm out the door. You wrote in your book, there are some passages or some quotes that I really caught my attention. You said something like, breaking an addiction or bad habit is as much about changing the way you think as it is physical. So you said a little bit more. But this about changing the mind, the way we think, it's very important that we understand that. But I'd like to know, what do you mean exactly when you say changing the way we think? Right. Well, I mean, when it comes to, you know, either weight loss or, you know, if people are trying to beat uh, drug addiction or food addiction, you know, so much of that is mental of, of, you know, you have to, you have to be able to change the way you think. So it's not just that your body doesn't crave it anymore, but if you change the way you th are thinking about it, then your mind doesn't want it either. So, you know, in, in my case, when I became vegan, you know, initially I would have some temptation to, you know, have a hot dog or something when I would, you know, it would be available and right there. And, you know, because I sort of changed the way that I thought about it, then I could look at that and say, you know, I really don't want that because I know what that is. You know, I, I don't I don't want that in my body because I know how it feels to have eaten that. And it just doesn't feel good. Is that because we need those nutrients? The body craves certain foods or it's just like you said, it's something that is conditioned, programmed in our minds? Well, you know, sometimes 
I will talk to people who are newly vegan and, you know, they'll have cravings for certain things. And I usually will recommend that people will talk to a nutritionist who is uh, either vegan or, you know, open to veganism, understands more about it um, than, you know, what they would normally find with a nutritionist. And, you know, so much of the time it really is just their body saying, you know, hey, I need more, you know, iron or, you know, some I need more protein, something like that. And there's so many plant-based ways to be able to get that. It's just, you know, a lot of times when you, people go vegan, then, you know, they're definitely changing um, pretty drastically sometimes what it is that their body is used to having. So, you know, maybe it's just the case of, you know, they're missing some nutrients that their body needs. And you can, with some help, you know, with a nutritionist, you can figure out what that is and, and, uh, and move on from that. Another thing that I heard before, it's about that vegans, not all of them are healthy. It doesn't mean that because we are vegan, we are healthy. Talk to me for a moment about that. Why is this the case? Well, sure. I mean, uh, Oreos are vegan. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, uh, right. <laughs> I, I tried to uh, raise my kids to be, uh, you know, healthy as I can. But, you know, if there's a lot of junk food that's vegan. And it would be funny sometimes like they'd go to their friend's house for the weekend and, you know, they'd have the Oreos and they'd have mm -hmm. all the junk food and, you know, <laughs> potato chips. And, you know, they go and have, uh, you know, the Burger King Impossible Burger that you can get that vegan. And uh, they would come home from being away for the weekend and eating all that stuff. And they would say to me, I love this. They would say to me, Dad, please make me something healthy because my body is going nuts right now. And uh, it's just music to my ears, you know, would love. To, absolutely. Yes, I will. Do, <laughs> happy to do that. It's interesting that your kids, they can tell like we can if you're listening to the body when something's just not right. Right. And, you know, if you're not used to eating something like, uh, you know, if you're not used to eating processed or processed sugar and then, you know, they go for the weekend and have a lot of Oreos then, oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot all of a sudden. <laughs> right. <laughs> for the system to process, right? Another question I have for you is about science. I know about veganism, vegetarianism, or any kind of plant-based diets, it's all about health that's really healthy for us. So I'm wondering if science backs this statement. Yeah, so, you know, in the cooking classes that I teach, it's mostly to people who are not vegetarian or vegan. It's just, you know, it's usually at libraries and things like that. So I get lots of questions, you know, definitely some about health. People will say, well, I saw a study that says, you know, if you eat too much soy, then it's bad for you. And, you know, I can joke and say, well, I'm pretty sure if you eat too much of anything, it's going to be bad <laughs> for you. But um, especially if you go online, you know, there's so much information that, you know, contradicts, you know, one thing over the other. But, uh, you know, one website that I really get a lot of information from and that I really refer to a lot is um, nutritionfacts.org. And that's Dr. Michael Greger. Uh, he's a vegan doctor. And, um, you know, unlike so much of the other websites where you can, you know, find doctor's opinions and, you know, people will write in and say, what do you think about this or that? You know, one thing that I love about um, Nutrition Facts and, and Michael Greger is he says, uh, let's see what the science says. You know, why would you, who cares what I think? Let's see mm -hmm. what the science says. Right. So, you know, he spends a lot of time, he has people working with him. They look at, 
you know, all of the latest nutrition science and data and, you know, see, uh, you know, what does the science say? So when, you know, people will write in and say, you know, how do you deal with, you know, this issue or that issue, then he'll say, you know, let's look at, see, you know, what do the studies say? And this is, uh, you know, this is the information that we have on how uh, eating vegan, eating uh, plant-based diet is going to make a big difference with that. Yeah, so going by the facts, right? I love that. Nutritionfacts.com. It's uh, nutritionfacts.org. Yep. Oh, dot .org, not dot .com. Okay. Yeah, and that's all free. Um, there's tons and tons of videos. You can, uh, you know, do a search for, you know, whatever issue you're looking at as far as food and nutrition. And there's uh, probably, a, you know, hand, many handfuls of uh, little five-minute videos that you can watch to learn more about that. Thank you, Colin. So I have some myths here that we hear a lot. So I'd love to go through some of them, perhaps not all of them, because I have too many. <laughs> the first one is about protein, that we will lack in protein, B12, iron, and calcium. And the list goes on really with nutrients, but basically protein and B12, those are the biggest ones. Is that true? <laughs> uh, I have definitely never, <laughs> never had any issues with not getting enough protein. Uh, there's really so many different sources of protein uh, that you can get that are plant-based. Uh, you know, in the smoothies that I have for breakfast, I usually uh, have some nuts in there, some almonds or cashews or something like that. Uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, some some beans and lentils and uh, I do eat some tofu sometimes. And, uh, you know, if you, I think if you eat a, a pretty varied uh diet, you know, with, uh, you know, all these different sources, then it's, it's really no issue at all. Do you take any supplements or recommend that vegans do? Um, I have a B12 supplement that, uh, I take when I remember <laughs> to <Yeah>. take it. <laughs> right. Right. You know, there's, there's a debate certainly in the vegan community, even among the, uh, the nutritionists about what's the best way to go. And I don't really weigh in on that, but I, you know, I do have the supplement and I, I do take it, uh, for B12, but you know, I, the doctors that I've, the nutritionists that I've, um, listened to and have been to, uh, have said that, you know, everybody, regardless of whether they're vegan or, or not, uh, have a harder time with B12 as they get older and, uh, try as I might, uh, to not get older, I still do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, they, <laughs> they recommend, uh, you know, some taking some B12 for everyone, you know, regardless of whether you're vegan or not, um, as you get older, just to make sure that you have some, uh, that you're up on your levels. And, you know, anytime that I've had a physical and have had blood work taken, um, you know, occasionally, you know, every five years or so, then uh, I would ask, you know, for them to check the B12 and really all my levels have, have been just fine. It's perfect. Another myth, another thing that we hear about a lot is that being a vegan diet or plant-based is too expensive. What is the truth about that, Colin? Well, I'm not really sure how that is true unless, uh, I suppose, if you buy most of your food at the uh, health food store, you know, it, or, you know, if you're not buying uh, organic uh, or sorry, if you're buying organic all the time for everything, then, you know, that can be more expensive. But, you know, a big part of it too is the processed foods. 
You know, so if you eat a lot of processed foods, uh, if you buy a lot of the, uh, you know, meat substitutes and cheese substitutes, you know, yeah, that all those things can definitely be expensive and that can really add up. And, you know, I do have some of those things sometimes. So, you know, I'm not an absolutist and, you know, don't ever have an impossible burger or something. But, um, you know, for I do most of my cooking, I, I do uh, most of the food that I eat is food that I've made at home and my preference and, you know, what really works the best for my body makes me feel the best is to try and eat as unprocessed uh, as as possible. So is that something that you recommend that we eat organic vegetables and grains and fruits? I do. Yeah. I mean, everybody has everybody has to draw their, their own line, I suppose, you know, uh, a lot of the times because before COVID, uh, I really work from the road, uh, work on the road quite a bit. And so, you know, people would ask, what's the supermarket that you go to the most? It's really whichever one is on the way home <laughs> from, <laughs> from, from, you know, from where I've been working. And, uh, you know, I, I try to buy, buy organic. Um, I do, I get the, the Misfits uh, box every week that has organic produce in it. But, um, you know, if I'm in a pinch and I'm on the way home and I go to a grocery store that doesn't have everything that's organic, then, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, 100% absolutist about it, but uh, I do try to when I can. And another myth that I have here says meat-eating children grow taller and stronger than vegan children. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best person to ask this question. <laughs> right. Actually, you know, my, my kids would uh, have kind of a funny story about that. You know, they they were in scouts uh, for a number of, of years. And when they would go away on uh, camping weekends, then, uh, you know, they would have to really bring their own food and kind of prepare ahead of time. And so while the kids were eating, you know, all the regular stuff, then they kind of had their own special stuff. And, um, you know, the kids, the kids would sometimes tease them and say, Hey, vegan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would kind of laugh and say, are you making fun of me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they, they would joke and they'd say, you know, we, the, you know, the two brothers here, uh, mm -hmm. they would joke and say, you know, we can run faster and farther than everybody else here. So we should be making fun of you. Why are you making fun of me? Right. <laughs> Look at what you're eating. <laughs> They've always been, uh, you know, really strong and, and healthy boys. So no one's ever picked on, on them for not being healthy or anything. And another myth is about the vegan diets are for weight loss. So implying that we lose a lot of weight when we are eating in such a way. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people do. Uh, it really depends a lot on why people become vegan in the first place. Uh, you know, like I said, you can, you can have Oreos and <laughs> that's, that's, that's vegan. So, I mean, there, I certainly have met, uh, you know, vegans that are, you know, just totally across the spectrum. You know, some people are, it's, are in it more for the, the animal, uh, issues, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, some people are in it for the uh, environmental impacts, uh, which is also great. And, you know, some people are in it for the, the health reasons and, um, you know, find that eating vegan is the healthiest way to, yeah. to, to eat. Definitely is uh, from my perspective too. 
I'm not a vegan. I don't have the lifestyle of a vegan, but I choose to eat plant-based diet. And as much as I can, I'm very aware of what I buy and from who I buy and the companies and what I wear too. So I guess I'm getting close to that, <laughs> catching up. Yeah, it's kind of a funny, like, uh, backwards thing that, you know, people look at or people hear about vegans and say, you know, how can you be healthy enough if you're vegan? And it's really backwards because it's like, you know, based on what people normally eat, you know, with meat and dairy, like, how could you be healthy if you eat that? I don't, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like such a backwards question to me. So true, Colin. And I truly feel like it's a miracle to be healthy eating that way. <laughs> Another myth, this will be a good one to ask you too, is vegan diets are inappropriate for pregnant women. Uh, that's not what the science shows that I've seen anyway. When uh, when my kid's mom, when she was pregnant, then, you know, just like everybody else in the pregnancy classes, you have to write down, keep a journal of, you know, what it is that you eat and you take a look at that, make sure you're getting all the nutrients. And, um, you know, it was, was never, never a question, never a problem not at all. And another one, if you don't mind, it says it is natural to eat food from animals. Most people feel it's a natural thing to do. Uh, I, uh, I wouldn't agree with that. I mean, there may have been a, a time in history where uh, we didn't have the choices that we do now. And, you know, that might have been the uh, also depending on where you live. You know, it might have been the only source or one of the few sources where you'd be able to get enough nutrition to to uh, to be able to carry on. But, you know, we're so lucky, especially, you know, here in, in the United States. For me, I feel like, you know, we're so lucky where. You know, we have these supermarkets where you can buy, you know, you have the choice of so many different foods. Um, you know, like I've, I have a friend who lived in uh, Senegal and Africa uh, for a while. And she said, you know, you get what's at the market <laughs> and, and the market has, uh, you know, a pretty limited number of things. And after living there and she came back to the U.S. and went into a supermarket, she said, <laughs> oh, my, my goodness, you know, you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you you don't know how good you have it here, <laughs> yeah. so much, so many choices. It's incredible how right that happens, right? We don't see the choices we have most of the yeah. time. And even you know, twenty five years ago when I became vegan, then there were a lot fewer options. I mean, now you you go in the supermarket and you look for, you know, if you're looking for almond milk or soy milk, you know, there's so many different choices. There's oat milk and you know, hemp milk and all kinds of different ones. And um, so it's, it's really so much easier now uh, starting out than it was when I did 25 years ago. There are really so many more choices out there now. We almost at the end, but before I ask you my final questions, talk to me for a moment about your recent book. It looks so delicious, like the pictures, <laughs> the smoothies <laughs> that taste like Girl Scout cookies. Correct. Yeah. So I actually started that came out of the initial, the first book, um, the Healthy Vegan Cookbook. And with this one, uh, I had made a when I was writing the Healthy Vegan Cookbook, I wrote, you know, 30 different smoothie recipes. And one of those was a peanut butter cookie smoothie. So, you know, trying to make it taste like a peanut butter cookie. And so, you know, when I was working on that, I felt like that's really close to how the Girl Scout, uh, the Dosi does, 
uh, peanut butter cookies taste. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to try and use, um, you know, whole food, healthy ingredients, uh, vegan, um, to make, to try and duplicate the taste of all 10 of the Girl Scout cookie flavors. And so I worked on that for about two years and, uh, my kids were, happy enough to be uh, taste testers for me yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the whole <laughs> <I can> thing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, but, you know, basically yeah. the, the idea behind it was to try and use, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables that are, have kind of a neutral taste, like, you know, banana and mango and things like that. I use some uh, sweet potato, uh, you know, some different vegetables in, in the different recipes. So, use those as sort of a base for the smoothie um, where they don't really have a strong taste and to use extracts and different flavorings to try and, you know, have those things really come to the front and center um, so that the smoothies can taste like, you know, all these different Girl Scout cookies, um, but actually be really healthy um, and use whole food, healthy ingredients for that. Thank you for your work. It's um, very meaningful. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and I love that. I'll try some of those for sure. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about that. It, it looks amazing. Oh. Yeah. So before I ask you my final questions, would you like to add anything? I guess as far as the books go, that the Girl Scout cookie smoothie book that just came out the other day, actually, um, both of those are available on Amazon. Um, bo both of those books are listed there. Uh, I have a, a website, colincooksvegan.com, and also I'm on Facebook, uh, Colin Cooks Vegan. And on both of those, uh, I have all the different classes that I'm teaching, especially now with the libraries. It's all online. It's all free. So, you know, I usually teach uh, about an hour, maybe three or four different recipes. And people can either go on my website or follow me on Facebook and uh, I post on the calendar, you know, when I'm going to be doing the classes, you can register. And like I said, it's all free. And uh, so you can uh, get more information that way. Wonderful. And what is your website, Colin? It's colincooksvegan.com. Okay, wonderful. I'll have that too in the written form. I have three questions for you, the final ones. Uh, success. What is to be successful to you these days? You know, I love to... I love to, uh, well, these days, especially with, with COVID, I've been teaching the classes online. And, you know, at first I was kind of frustrated by not being able to interact with people, you know, physically and have people be able to try the recipes. But, you know, because it's been online, then people all over the world have been able to tune in. So, you know, I've got people from Australia and Central America uh, who are, are coming into these classes. And, you know, for me in my little kitchen in Portland, Maine, to be able to reach people in Australia is amazing, you know, yeah, yeah. Te <laughs> with technology to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, whether or not I make any money from it, it doesn't matter. If you've ever published a book, then you know that, you know, there's, <laughs> you hardly make any money from that. Um, but, you know, really just to be able to, you know, share, uh, you know, what I've learned in 25 years, uh, it's it's been a great journey to be able to do that. And, you know, also to, you know, when I teach the classes at libraries and people get to, you know, try the different things, uh, you know, especially things like the smoothies, you know, they see all the fruits and vegetables go into it and they say, well, yeah, it looks healthy, but what's it going to taste like? 
And then, you know, to see, you know, people's eyes like light up when they try it and say, wow, like, you know, if I could eat like this every day, then this would be fantastic. (laughs) So I I really appreciate that. I love that. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? You know, when I was in high school, I was, I really hated public speaking. It would be really hard to drag me in front of the class. Uh, because I was so afraid of speaking in front of other people. And over the years, there have been a number of projects that I've been involved with that has kind of forced me to have to be in front of people and talk in front of people. Uh, in 20, in 2009, uh, my family, we did a cross-country, uh, two-month cross-country trip in a car that was powered by vegetable oil. And uh, wow. we made we made a whole uh, eco video series about, you know, the travels that we went to. And uh, we had to give a lot of talks, a lot of presentations um, and my kids and me. And that really kind of forced us to be out in front of people. So that was hard for me to yeah. <laughs> put myself in front of uh-huh. people and have to talk. But, um, you know, everybody has something valuable to say and to share. So it's possible to actually have a car running without gasoline or those harmful chemicals. Right. Yeah. I, oh. I used to have, uh, uh, it was a diesel beetle and I had it converted so that, uh, you know, a diesel will run on used uh, cooking oil, uh, just fine. Works great. And so we were able to travel all over the country and really not use any um, diesel at all. We just uh, used vegetable oil, used vegetable oil from restaurants to, to be able to travel around. So it was wow. great. And this is something that most people know about it or it's not really? It was, it was really big uh, in the, in the f- 2000s, you know, uh, up until uh, it's, it's gotten harder uh, to be able to get the oil, you know, once more and more people found out about it. And uh, diesels were getting pretty hard to to find, to buy, because, you know, so many people were converting them. But, um, you know, it's from a practicality standpoint, you know, it definitely had its drawbacks. Uh, You know, uh, several years ago, I bought a a car that was uh, all electric uh, battery car and you just plug it in at night. It's so easy (laughs) and it's so much fun to drive, you know, from a practicality standpoint, it's Uh, it's certainly beats having to go out and, uh, strain, you know, used vegetable oil that I would get from restaurants and, you know, make a mess and everything. So it's so much easier to just plug the car in and go. Two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? You know, I have, I have thought about that. Hopefully, I have many years ahead of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being a vegan, yes, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, see, so yeah, I don't think so. You know, I've, I've really, I really feel great, um, you know, from a health standpoint. I've, especially once I became vegan, you know, I felt such a, a difference in health and I really would never want to go back to, back to the way that I was eating before. So, you know, I definitely... I can't imagine I would ever have any regrets over um, being vegan. It's it's just been such a positive uh, thing for me. Do you have any cravings lately or do you have cravings at all? You know, honestly, the only craving that I have is donuts. <laughs> love, yeah. 
love the smell of donuts. Um, you know, and I'm I'm really lucky. You know, being in Portland, Maine, uh, there are a few places in the area that have vegan donuts. Oh. So you know, from from the healthy vegan standpoint, uh, you know, donuts aren't aren't so great. But uh, <laughs> you know, as as an occasional treat, you know, I I really enjoy that. But uh, you know, boy, uh, you know, I would really love to be able to go into Dunkin' Donuts and be able to get something there, but most of it's not vegan, so. Right, that's true. I'm sad about that. <laughs> right. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? I don't want to speak for other people, you know, but like I w was quick to answer, you know, helping other people is really important, you know, and we have so many different ways individually that, that we can help people. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one thing too, that you can live a more compassionate way, uh, without, with, uh, I say you have, you have the ability to minimize, um, how much suffering there is in the world because of you, you know, because of how you eat. Um, you know, I mean, the, there's no way to be perfect and, and how you eat, but, you know, you can certainly control and, and minimize that. And um, let's see, the third thing that I know to be true about the world, um, that the world is better, a better place because <laughs> yeah. I don't say it, uh, it sounds like egotistical to say it, but you know, my kids are, are so fantastic. I love them so much. And I really feel like, you know, they are, they are going to be able to make the world a better place even, you know, more, more than anything that I've tried to do, um, you know, they've started out life the way that they have, and it sort of like leapfrogs them in a way that, you know, it took me half my life to, to realize that, uh, you know, there was a better way for me. So hopefully they'll, they'll, uh, jump in the world and <laughs> go way past me. So it has been a meaningful and beautiful conversation for me. Thank you for your honesty. I love how genuine you are. I love your wisdom, your work, your mission, your message. And again, um, what is your website, Colin? Uh, it's colincooksvegan.com. And uh, thank you for the questions. They're very thoughtful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your presence. So we'll be in touch soon. All right. Thank you. Bye for now. listening. To learn more about Colin McCullough and his work, please visit colincooksvegan.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.